What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the BIA podcast, college football podcast. I'm Yuji. That's Phil. Phil, how you doing, man? Doing great, man. Excited. Week one is here. Can't wait. Yes, it's game week. The Buckeyes are taking on the Indiana Hoosiers at 3.30 this Saturday. And uh, we're going to definitely get into a lot of that talk. We have some news um, that Ryan Day came forth and said during his press conference on Tuesday. But I uh, want to start off first by doing a small recap of week zero. Uh, we're going to talk about one player that stood out and one team that stood out. And so with that, I'm going to start off with the player. I mean, I've there, to me, there's only two choices, but uh, Zachariah Branch from USC. Uh, he's wearing a single digit number one. Uh, you can't miss him, but the defense for San Jose State did, <laughs> and special teams, because he racked up 232 total purpose yards and two touchdowns. And the reason why I wanted to point out Zach Branch um, is just because uh, I looked up something that 24-7 Sports posted on Tuesday. Uh, it was just a comparison of uh, skill, different skill players throughout USC's recent history and their debut stats. So. These are names that we all pretty much know. I would say some casual fans and definitely the diehards know. So Juju Smith-Schuster, his in his debut versus Fresno State, he recorded four receptions for 123 yards and one touchdown. Reggie Bush. This one was actually shocking to me, man. He, his debut game was against Auburn. Five rushes, nine yards. The great Reggie Bush. <laughs> Uh, Robert Woods, in his debut, versus was versus Hawaii. He had four receptions for 142 yards. And Joe McKnight, and this will be the last one I, I talk about, six rushes, 26 rushing yards, and eight receiving yards. So this is all compared to uh, Zach Branch's 232 all-purpose yards. Uh, that obviously came um, with a big, uh, a, a big amount based on his kick return for a touchdown and that added to his total being two touchdowns for that game. So I'm really looking forward to him. And I mean, I, the other thing just to really note real quick is that he's a uh, freshman. So a true freshman making those numbers uh, is going to be really exciting to see what he does as the season progresses. So with that, Phil, I wanted to uh, go ahead and kick over the team to note from week zero for you. Yeah. I'll just add one quick thing about, branches that um you know he was a five star five stars five star in every every um sort of um uh, network for last season we have a similar player next year coming in uh jeremiah smith who those two were compared a lot even like this year kind of like who's going to end up having a better career and so hopefully our guy saw saw that performance and said okay i got to come out uh smoking in game one uh next season for the buckeyes um so for for me i want to just kind of talk about notre dame um notre dame obviously a future opponent of ohio state last year um after the game with against ohio state they they also struggled against some uh weaker opponents and so coming against navy they're a three score touchdown or three three touchdown favorite expected to win but they absolutely dominated more than I think really anybody expected. Final score was 42 to three. And, um, you know, Sam Hartman, 
he had a total of four incompletions. He also had a total of four touchdowns. That's uh, pretty impressive. Obviously, Navy's not great, but that's very efficient. 19 for 23, four touchdowns, no interceptions. Um, Notre Dame controlled the line of scrimmage. And so I think that's exciting if you're a Notre Dame fan. Um, and if you're an Ohio State fan, I think it makes us it makes that game even sort of more hyped in our eyes to say, okay, at least Notre Dame is better this year. Whether or not they're good enough to beat us, we don't know, but they are clearly better. They showed that against Navy, only giving up three points and pretty much scoring at will in the first half. Yeah, I was I was watching that game as well, and Sam Hartman looked great. I mean, but like you said, it's against Navy. We'll see what happens when he goes up against uh, better defense in week four. This week, I believe they play Tennessee State. Um, I yep. think Eddie HBC. George. Yep. Eddie George, former Buckeye, Heisman player. <laughs> He's going to be leading uh, Tennessee State uh, into South Bend this weekend. And uh, so, yeah, good luck to them. And we'll see what Sam Hartman does against uh, Tennessee State. So I uh, want to go ahead and switch gears now. Uh, we had some news that came out on Tuesday as Ryan Day announced that Kyle McCord will be the starting quarterback uh, this Saturday against the Indiana Hoosiers. Phil, I know that you've got a lot to talk about one, or that you want to say. I've got some things I want to say, but I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to you first uh, to talk about this news. Yeah. So, I mean, last week, Justin, you kind of you mentioned that you would are excited and hope to see Devin Brown out there as our starting quarterback. Uh, a lot of, oh, you're not alone. A lot of Buckeye Nation was um, favoring Devin Brown. Um, to me, you know, I, I was, I was commenting on doing some Twitter fights this week and you know, I had to say to people, you know, wanting something doesn't make it true. I think that we want Devin Brown to be this, dynamic passer of the football and a dynamic runner. And we know he was able to do that in high school. And so we just believe he will be able to do that at the next level. I've seen people when they're making their argument about why Devin Brown should have been the starter and they're posting highlights from high school or they're posting highlights from the spring game. Um, and they're using that as justification to say that is worth more than what the coaches have been seeing all throughout uh, spring and fall camps. I, I think that, um, you know, since the decision has been, has been made, there have been people who are, you know, upset with it. And I really just think that um, if you operate under the assumption that Devin Brown was better than Kyle McCord, then certainly it is disappointing if the better player didn't win out, but there's really no reason to doubt Ryan day who has pretty much done nothing but put his quarterbacks in the first round of the NFL draft. Um, I'm going to trust him over people that includes you, Hugh uh, I'm going to trust him over pretty much everybody. I mean, really <laughs> Lincoln Riley is the only person I'll at least hear out if they have a different opinion than Ryan day on a quarterback. And so um, I'm excited for at least the initial game one started to be named. I do anticipate, we'll talk about that today, you know, for the game, both playing. Um, and I think both will have a, a chance to kind of show what they've got now to show, hey, you saw Kamakor when he was a freshman against a bad Akron team. 
Um, and so what has he done since then? How has he gotten better? Um, get to see what they do on the field. And so I'm excited to kind of be able to at least have some footage for all the armchair GMs uh, for Ohio State to be able to base their their feelings off of. Right now, it's just based off of hopes and wishes and assumptions. Um, and that's it. And if, if that's all I have, I'd rather just go with what uh, Day and Dennis have actually seen. And I don't believe they would put Ohio State I don't believe they wouldn't put us in the best position to win. Um, so, yeah, that's that's where I'm at right now. I'm excited to see it actually play out and and know that we'll have a couple of games to kind of solidify it. What are you thinking, Eugene? Now that the now the decision has been made, now it's at least for game one, how are you feeling? Well, I'm going to throw – okay, so let me answer your question first. <clears throat> I feel fine. I feel completely fine. I'm a okay man. I want to say that I yes, I did say that I wanted to see Devin Brown start. I I and a lot of other Buckeye fans wanted to see uh, him start, but I want to throw a few names out to you. I want to throw a few names out to you. Uh, JT Barrett. You remember JT Barrett? I believe so. Yep. Yep. Okay. Dwayne Haskins, rest in peace. Uh, Dwayne Haskins. Uh, he was a starting quarterback for a year at Ohio State. I know we all remember him. Justin Fields. Justin Fields. C.J. Stroud. All of these quarterbacks have, outside of the fact that they played for Ohio State and started, um, the thing they have in common is Ryan Day. Whether Ryan Day was the offensive coordinator at a time um, or head coach. So, uh the one thing that, you know, I don't have a national Buckeye voice yet. You know, we're working on that with this, uh, with the BIA podcast. But um, we just need to relax, man. Like we, I thought about this to myself, like whoever the starting quarterback is going to be for any game that we have, we need to, Buckeye Nation needs to uh, be behind that person 100%. I understand like we're going to, have some complaints in terms of uh, or even thoughts like, hey, we might think that the second guy is better, but at least with playing both of the guys uh, in the in this game, more than likely the next two games as well, uh, where they get some reps, um, we're going to see, you know, who plays better. We're going to be able to see that. And at, still, we still have to trust Ryan Day. Here's my only question. This is the only thing that I question uh, with the way this process played out. Why take so long to name the starter? Because taking the amount of time that it took to name the starter, then that begins to, to I would say, create that speculation that Devin Brown, I'm sorry, Kyle McCord has been here for three years. He's a junior. Mm-hmm. And Devin Brown is a sophomore. If Kyle McCord, who, when you mentioned that uh, the footage of Devin Brown praying in the spring, playing in the spring game, you're talking about the uh, 21 spring game because this last year he didn't play. So he, Devin Brown did get some reps in that, in the uh, spring game last year, not the spring game this year, but I'm saying that to say that Kyle McCord did, and he didn't look great. He didn't look terrible. You know, it was, it was somewhere in the middle, depending on who you ask. Right. And still, even with me saying what I'm saying in terms of, you know, 
me questioning why it took so long, I still have to fall back on trusting uh, a trusting in Ryan Day's judgment. And so that's that's all I've got really. Uh, there's yeah, that's basically it. I mean, um, just gotta trust in Ryan Day. I mean, he's I don't have to answer for who the starting quarterback is, but uh, you know, and and so I think that with his track record. I, I'm a, in a hundred percent agreement with you that they're going to put us in the best position to win. So, yeah, yeah, I think um, you know we assume it's a meritocracy. We assume that if so, if it took so long, it probably means that those two players are very close to each other. Um, now, you might think to yourself, Comicord should be further ahead if he has one more year in the program, but you know that didn't turn out to be true. Maybe that just means Devin Brown is. Um, has a lot of talent and that talent was almost enough to overcome in the offseason a player with more experience uh, that's promising that's great to have in the quarterback room um, but if he was clearly better I don't think there's any doubt to me that he would be the one being named starter and if he's clearly better in the next three games then he will eventually be named starter like that's cream rise to the top if it didn't happen already it it, it then he hasn't shown that he still can, and it, I hope he does. I, I, don't, I don't really get the idea of rooting against our own players. I'm hoping all of them play amazing where they all have to be. They're playing so well, they have to be on the field. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see what ends up turning out. The, the one thing I missed um, in my take was just to say that Ohio State fans, me listing those names, bro, like Ohio State fans are spoiled. We're spoiled to the point where, you know, we – we know what we want and we want it now, but this has to be a process. This year is different. Like we, we may have two good quarterbacks, but guess what? They both can't play on the field at the same time. <laughs> like you can only have one quarterback play at a time. So there may be some plays where Devin Brown's out there. There may be some plays where Kyle Cord's out there. And uh, at the end of the day, everybody wants to see a W um, in the, uh, for our record. So um so, yeah, as long as we score more points than the other team, I don't care who's that quarterback. So with Devin, with I'm sorry, with Kyle McCord starting this week, I wish him well. And I also am looking forward to seeing Devin Brown play, too. So same, same. So, yeah. So speaking of that, um, for our listeners, let's let's go ahead and jump into this matchup with the Indiana Hoosiers. Uh we're going to talk about the biggest challenge that uh, the team has uh, in our own opinions What the biggest challenge is going into this game. And so I'll go ahead and take first, first crack at this man. Um, for me, the defense is the defense giving up explosive plays and making everything difficult for Indiana's offense is going to be uh what I want to see is going to be a challenge because think about this last, uh, the last two games that Ohio state played last year. I know that it's a, it's a new team. We've got a lot of, uh, returning, uh, talent and starters on both sides of the ball, more so on the defense, I believe. And mm-hmm. speaking of that though, I thought, man, I was, it's crazy. Let me just tell you a story, Phil. I was getting out of my car one day and <laughs> my random thought of football, you know, just thinking about the game last year with Michigan. And 
I was I didn't I don't remember what the score was because I I purposely <laughs> recycled that out of my brain. <laughs> but I thought about the experience, man, of sitting there watching that game and remember remembering four touchdowns that Michigan scored on explosive plays. And I just thought to myself about the Georgia game. You know, I think about that less than I think about the Michigan game. But, you know, Georgia, they came back on some explosive plays. Big, big, I mean, you know, plays that that allowed that and put them in a position to win. And I just think to myself, some of the, I looked back, I wanted to look back at what last year's game was like. So the, last year's game ended up with a win for us. It was 56 to 14. It was a home game. That was the Cameron Babb game. Emotional moment for him, emotional moment for the program. Connor Baselak was the starting quarterback for Indiana. He went three for five for 12 yards. This was all in the first quarter. At one point in time, the score was 21 to zero, Ohio State. In comes in Dexter Williams Jr. He ended up the game, he ended up basically having six for, he went six for 19, 107 passing yards and two touchdowns, 46 rushing yards. His numbers weren't great, but on his first pass attempt, he threw a pass and completed it for 49 yards, putting them in the red zone. Now, our defense didn't have an egregious game. It was not an egregious performance, but it's the it's those plays that end up becoming explosive that I think that the good teams take advantage of took advantage of Ohio State last year. I don't want to see that happen this year. That so for me, the biggest challenge is minimizing explosive plays. And here's my last, the last point. I don't want to see explosive plays. And, and nobody, no fan wants to see explosive plays. We know we're not going to be able to stop it. Even when the second team defense comes in and it's, you know, a blowout or whatever the case may be. But let me just take you back real quick to 2019 when we had Chase Young and uh, Jeff Akuda on the sideline during blowout games, you saw them getting into the faces of the second team defense. If they gave up anything like they didn't, they were that stingy. And I just want that same mentality uh, so that that can become a habit going into each and every game, no matter if it's a, a game against um, a lesser opponent or someone who's going to be more even, a more even matchup. And so I just want to see that from uh, the Buckeyes. I want them to make everything hard for this uh, this redshirt freshman quarterback, Taven Jackson, who's going to be starting uh, on on Saturday for the Hoosiers. Well, thank you for re-traumatizing me by bringing up the <laughs> Michigan game and the Georgia game. Oh, in case one didn't get me, you made sure you dropped both of those in there for me. Um, so, yeah, no, those are great, those are, those are great points. Uh, definitely want to... Even if even in a big victory, still don't want to see that particular type of hit for the defense to take. Um, for me, um, I'm thinking of one, a couple of players um, that are going to have this biggest challenge, and one of them is is Carson Hensman. Um, if you don't know, that is going to be the new starting center for Ohio State this year. Lost our center to the the NFL. Um, at the in draft this year. And so what I'm thinking about is we're going to have two quarterbacks playing, right? 
And so that's great. You said you want to see Devin Brown too. You want to see him get out there. And that's, that is great. I want to see that as well. But when you think about an offense, the offense is, you know, run by the quarterback. He is the one who is setting the pace, um, setting the direction and all of that. And you're going to have a quarterback. We don't know if, if that quarterback's going to be changing every drive. Hope not every quarter every you know one in the first half one in the second half maybe three drives at a time you know we don't know because those give very different you know perspectives in terms of seeing what the quarterback can do depending on which of those you choose either way you're going to have the rest of that offense be quarterbacked by two different people with at least according to most fans two different skill sets right and so one we are we know that that quarterback center chemistry is important right? Regardless of how you're, you're getting hiked the ball, you're in the shotgun, still important to have that chemistry between center and quarterback. And we have a center who's going to have to, in his, in his first start, right? He's going to have to be not only making sure that he's on, on point with Kyle McCord, but also on point with Devin Brown and maybe Lincoln Kineholtz, who knows? So um, I think that's going to be tough. The same goes for our skill players. Even on the outside, we have great we have great receivers. We have some talented um, tight ends. We have great running backs. All of them are going to have to be potentially from series to series, getting the ball from a different guy. And uh, I worry about the chemistry. I worry about the rhythm, actually. That's the one word I would say is my biggest challenge is rhythm. Can we get a rhythm? Um, does the quarterback find rhythm, but also do the skill players and the offensive line around them find rhythm? Is the running back who's taking the handoff from the quarterback who probably is delivering that in a slightly different way. Are they ready each time they're getting the ball to secure that and not have, you know, a fumble behind the line of scrimmage or, you know, our quarterback, our, our wide receivers on the outside who may be running, you know, uh, a slant route or they kind of getting the ball where they expect to based on who's throwing the ball. So we imagine, even if we think they're both great quarterbacks, that they're going to be slightly different. So I'm worried about rhythm. And I think that rhythm could prevent potentially like take off 14 points, you know, off of our score where we just, you know, aren't getting outplayed, but we're making rhythm mistakes. The ball isn't where it's supposed to be. We're slower. We're not getting to the line, the balls, we, you know, we get a, a delay a game, not because the crowd is so amazing, but just because, you know, the, the, the call from the sideline taking longer to get there or, you know, that kind of thing. So I am worried about rhythm. I think it's going to be our biggest challenge. I don't think it's the kind of challenge that, you know, makes us have to worry about whether or not we win the game. But I do think for the betters out there, I think that rhythm challenge could potentially take some points um, off of the board for us on offense, um, even though we're not playing a great defense. Just want to say a shout out to Hoosier Nation. Um, should be should be a good Ooh. atmosphere, man, you know. <laughs> It should be a good atmosphere, you know. It's gonna be, but there is gonna be plenty of Buckeye fans uh, in in Memorial Stadium. So, uh, and just as a disclosure for our um, audience, we don't talk about our takes before we come on here. So it's great that I talked about the defense, you talked about the offense. Kind of keep it well rounded there. Um, so next, we're gonna move into talking about the best unit. And I'll go ahead and kick that over to you first. Who do you think is going to be the best unit on Saturday for Ohio State? 
Yeah, so we'll, I'll switch sides uh, and I'll go to the defense. I'm going to go with the linebackers. Okay. Mm. Um, you know, we know starting linebackers, we're going to have um, two, Tommy Two Thumbs and Steel Chambers. Okay. <laughs> so we're going to have those two at least. And, you know, say what you want to say about about those two guys. I'm, I, I like them both. Um, they may or may not be the most um, athletically gifted players on our team, but they do have a lot of experience, and I do believe they're going to be in the right place at the right time. First game, I'm all I, I'm a big believer in week one. You know, jitters and weird things can happen in week one that don't happen the rest of the season just because it's the first game for that team um, and the first game on the road in this case for us as well. And so I think those two guys will kind of hold us down um be in the right place tommy's going to be directing he's going to be you know he's our you know uh cliche coach on the field right in the middle of that defense so i think he's going to be um directing us hopefully i mean we've seen him give up some big plays too for some wrong angles but hopefully he's got his his captain mentality his captain hat is one of our three captains and i believe that kind of leadership is going to be important in a week one game. I see our linebackers being um, our most solid unit. The unit that honestly, I feel like I am not worried about, honestly, them being the ones who give up a big play um, on Saturday. I really feel like they're gonna be solid. I hope they can be great. I hope they can like get in the backfield, make some tackles behind the line of scrimmage, but I'm actually not at all worried about them being, you know, the Achilles heel. And, you know, to, to finish on the linebackers, we hope that we see CJ Hicks playing uh, on Saturday. Now he could play in sort of a hybrid Jack position. You know, Knowles has all these names that are hard to remember, but he could play alongside of the two of them, or he could get in and spell some of them, you know, either, either of them throughout the game, or he could play a lot, you know, in the second half, if that's the case. But he is one player that I think a lot of people want to see, want to see get some meaningful time. And we kind of were promised <laughs> that, this year he's going to get in uh, the game. So whether that's whether that's in crunch time, you know, alongside of them, or whether that's after the game is already in control, um, I'm excited to see him, and I think he's going to do. I think he might have one of the best sort of debuts on the team in terms of a player who is significantly increasing their role this season. And so best unit, I've got two people who are not going to mess up, who are going to be solid, and I've got one guy who I think will be. Uh, one of the stories coming out of the game to say, hey, when this guy got in, he showed that, you know, by midseason, he's going to have a huge role in this team. When you first started out, I, the image that I had in my mind was Jordan from The Last Dance when he was listening to uh, Gary Payton on that um, iPad. <laughs> and he's just like listening intently. He's like, you know, listening to every single word that dude is saying. Uh, um, but no, I'm with you. I mean, I, the linebackers, um, are going to hopefully eat, not hopefully they will eat in this game. Uh, that's, that's pro that's, you know, a great, uh, proven unit from last year. And so to me, when I think about this, I thought about like, man, let me, let me think if this was a question on a test and there is one right answer. I feel like this would be the right answer. Not saying that there's any wrong answers, but for me, bro, 
it better be the quarterbacks. If the quarterbacks are not the best unit, then I don't understand what all the hoop is. It would the let me organize my thoughts. If it's not the quarterbacks, if the both quarterbacks don't play well, it'll be understandable. Like, okay, this is their first Big Ten opponent that they've you know got some significant number of snaps against, but in order for me to look at this team and say, okay, if the receivers, somebody could say, oh yeah, the receivers are going to be the best unit. Well, the receivers can't be, you know, doing what they do if the quarterback's not good. So I think that, and this, and this is not just for like, you know, when Devin Brown gets in, if that's the case, then to me still, the quarterbacks would still be the best unit for Saturday. So for me, I feel like I'm expecting the quarterbacks to be the best. They're the from what I understand, I mean, we can talk about other position groups still trying to jockey for a starting job, but obviously in quarter, you know, you only have one starting quarterback on a team. The second and third game are going to be fairly easy. This first game, um, I will challenge myself on what I said in the last episode in terms of saying that it's going to be uh, that we're going to win easily in this game. This is a big 10 opponent. Um, this is the first game. Everybody's pretty much healthy. And so, you know, they're at full strength. Both teams are at full strength. It, it's for me, though, I want to I want to be able to see uh, them compete against each other, uh, drive and on drive, like for us as fans to be able to see the same thing that hopefully the coaches have been seeing in the fact that it's hard to determine who's going to be the starter. So for me, the quarterbacks, <laughs> the quarterbacks better be the best unit uh, going into uh Saturday so that we can <clears throat> we can have uh, a great uh, outlook for the rest of the year. Wow. <clears throat> let me let me look at my um, iPad and so, say uh because I don't know I don't know <laughs> I, I I would say maybe temper your expectations a little bit for the quarterbacks, you know, there's going to be some growing pains and they're going to make mistakes. We I think we should expect them to make mistakes. And they should make more mistakes than, you know, Marvin Harrison and Mecca Ibuka. Like those guys are professionals. They plan on being in the league next year. They've already got their first round draft grade. So like I, I'm I wouldn't be surprised if you end up seeing maybe a ball that, you know, is thrown uh behind Emeka Ibuka and he still makes that catch, right? So the quarterbacks have to be good enough. I'm not I'm not that confident they'll be great in this first game. Um, but I do hope that the other units pick them up, um, you know, where they are, where they're weak, I guess, um, because they should be able, we should, we have a talent that should be able to make up for some things, you know, some, some tight end, you know, catching a a block that helps the quarterback get that one more second, even though he should have already made the read, or like I said, the, the wide receiver adjusting to a ball that's maybe misplaced. I think it's possible, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm definitely hoping that they do well, but I don't know if I'm hoping that uh, one does. I hope, I don't know if I would hope that Devin Brown does really better, <laughs> better than McCord because that's going to be such a conversation. Hopefully at least their contexts are like similar. Hopefully, you know, their situations look similar. Um, so we're not like impairing, you know, apples to oranges, but we'll see. Like, I- 
I totally get what you're saying. And there's going to be learning curves. I definitely, I'm not expecting them to be perfect. You know, I'm not expecting them to have the game that Sam Hartman just had against Navy. You know what I'm saying? I want to see the competition bring the best out of both of those guys. That's, that's what I'm saying. And I think that obviously they're competing against another team. They're competing against a, a, a team that will hopefully not have as good of a defense as they've been seeing in uh, in fall camp and the teams that the, the defense that they've been practicing against um, in Ohio State. But um, I, I still want to see flashes, man. Like, I want to see some flashes. Of course, we're going to run the ball. I feel like the easy ans- easiest answer actually is the running back room in, in terms of the offense. If you look at offensively, like that – them having uh, a good uh, running game, this game, uh, that that could be something that somebody goes with. Uh, but then it goes back to one of the challenge that you talked about in terms of just that rhythm that uh, the offensive line and, and our center, new starting center, uh, is going to have based on the fact of having to deal with two different quarterbacks in the same game. So, um, But for me, bro, I'm, I'm looking at the quarterback this game. So... Um, and I'm rooting for them to have the best, uh, the best unit on the team, and and have some uh, get basically everybody around the nation talking about our quarterback room. Um. So ha- with that said, let's let's go ahead and get our final score predictions out there. Uh, my final score prediction, based on everything I've, I've said uh, on this episode, is Ohio State wins. 34 to three. That's right. I do not want to see <laughs> a touchdown scored. Uh, I don't want to see a touchdown scored until week four. To be honest, that's my expectation. I believe that Jim Knowles had a great defense when he left Oklahoma State. And I think part of that was because he has some players that were in that system for a while. And so for this to be the second year for uh, a lot of these guys to dealing with Jim Knowles. I want to see uh, some improvement in this man, um, and I I would say that Indiana not scoring, and them ha- being led by a redshirt freshman transfer from Tennessee. Um, he's got to be good to score on our on our defense. That's what I want to be able to say if they end up scoring. <clears throat> Look, so listen, what's your if Ohio question? State can't score forty points? against Indiana. I take back everything I said about Ryan Day and his offensive coaching staff being trusted. You got to score 40 against Indiana, man. Come on, 34 points. That's that's ridiculous. Uh, I'm going to go 49 to 10, Ohio State um, winning. Um, I want to see – I think I, I expect us to score a lot. Again, whether we're doing it in the running game or the passing game, I think that Indiana is, you know, we talked about challenges. It's really not going to be Indiana's defense that gives the challenge. You know, that was neither of our, neither of our um, prediction there. So given that, and given Ohio State's propensity to score a lot of points for the last four years, they had one of the number one scoring offenses in the country. Part of the reason, part of the way you become a, you know, top three scoring offense in the country is when you play bad defenses, you run it up. So, and on top of that, there's incentive to run up the score in the sense that there's incentive to keep on passing the ball, 
into the second half, right? If we're up, you know, 34 to three in the third quarter, there's incentive to keep passing it because that might be when Devin Brown is really starting to get his opportunities, right? And so given that, I think we we throw the ball longer into the game than we might usually do so in a blowout. And so, um, yeah, I'm going to go with 49. I feel like that's being conservative. Uh, but yeah, 49 to 10 for me. Go Bucks. Well, I hope you're right on... Yes, absolutely. Go Bucks. Um, I hope you're right on the offensive uh, firepower that we do have. I think in my mind, I was thinking about the clock changes, man, like how we're going to be basically having a running clock even after first downs. And I'm, I was trying to pay attention to how that played into week zero, um, but there were still blowouts. I mean, there were still blowouts, blowouts that happened in, um, in the games. Specifically, I'm talking about the Navy and Notre Dame game. So, uh, so we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens, but we are both uh, predicting a win. And uh, on our show next, <laughs> <laughs> on our show next, we are going to talk about uh, the the show, the game show that's sweeping the nation. Pick six. That's coming up next. We're back for our week one best bets that we call pick six. I pick three, Phil picks three, and that makes six. So uh, we did a competition last week. If you listened to our first episode of uh, week zero uh, pick six, uh, we said that the winner of that would basically go ahead and be able to pick first this week. So, hmm. Phil. Uh, oh, did I? You did win. Did I? Oh, I won. It was it close? <laughs> I'm just curious. Was it close? That it was like a narrow victory, or did I just blow you out and you went over three picking last week? I can't remember. I went over um, three picking, um, and yeah, thanks. I went over three picking. But in the fourth thanks. quarter of every game I picked, I was in it. But <clears throat> you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. That's worth. That's worth about zero points. Um, okay, yeah. So thank you for the honor <laughs> of going first for the first of many weeks this season um so the way we do our our picks is that i can go wherever i want to can choose whichever one i want basically a game that i want to ensure that i get in one of these categories and for me i'm going to start with the upset this week um this is a game a conference game i do like week one conference games it's exciting um start off with something that kind of means something and um, two teams are playing from the same division. I will say it's it's uh, less of confidence in the upsetter and more of the me fading the upset tee. Uh, I'm going to choose Nebraska. The Cornhuskers, uh, they are right now a seven-point underdog. Um, as a reminder, if the upset has to be at least seven points. And I'm choosing Nebraska to upset Minnesota, um, who I've already gone on the record as saying I think they're going to lose at least five games this year. 
So why not start off with week one against a team that's got a lot to prove? New coach trying to start a new era. Just had a setback this week with the player getting arrested. Uh, but they have still a lot of energy around that program. Um, give me Nebraska plus seven over Minnesota on the road. Road dog. Of course you were going to pick that. That seems like to be the most probable upset <clears throat> based on the the odds out there right now. But Team Hugie has a backup plan. Actually, a couple mm. backup plans here. Okay. I um, want to make sure that as I find this game, uh, that it is uh, still within the parameters of an upset. Um, as he's looking, for... a reminder that we use the Yahoo Sports book uh, for our numbers in case you're following along and trying to see those same. So we use Yahoo Sports book. These are the odds as of Wednesday. So for this one, let me just make sure as I actually find my other one. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. I'm going to go ahead and go ahead and pull the trigger on this one. I hope so. <laughs> We're waiting and for you to pause. I'm going to go ahead and take uh, an odd game here to start week one. I'm going to go ahead and take Colorado State over mm. Washington State. Mm. Washington State is favored by 11 and a half points. So give me. Uh, the Rams to cover, I'm sorry, to win, outright win plus seven. No, sorry, plus 11 and a half. But uh, actually, no, these we don't, we don't need, I actually don't need to put these because we are, this is our upset pick. So we're, yeah, we're, betting, we're betting these money line. So it doesn't matter the spread, but it did matter the fact that it was at least seven in terms of being able to choose it. Uh, so Hugie goes with 11 and a half. That's a bolder, a bolder pick. I will admit that, um, and a future L for you. So where are we going next? <laughs> We're going to go to the lock. Mm, going to go to okay. the lock. Uh, and my lock, um, is, you get, this is a, this is one of those schools where you got to say it a certain way. We're okay. going with Louisville. <laughs> <laughs> Louisville uh, minus seven and a half. Gotta Anything make you feel good about that? Uh, I mean, just the fact that, uh, you know, they're first off playing Georgia Tech. Uh, Georgia Tech is, I mean, no disrespect to Georgia Tech. Um, they are playing um, in Atlanta. It is at 7.30 on a Friday. Dang, I don't like picking uh, Thursday or Friday games, but it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it was Purdue's former coach. Can you help me out here? Um, uh, Louisville's new head coach, basically. Is, is, uh, uh, Jeff Brom? Yes, Jeff Brom. Thank you. Jeff Brom bringing his offensive mind to Louisville and the fact that uh, Louisville has – Pretty easy schedule, some would say. <laughs> um, I want to say that they want to get this season started off right, and I do too. So let's go ahead and lay lay it with uh, the Cardinals, seven and a half. <clears throat> um. Okay. Okay. Uh, I can't say I agree with that pick. I actually thought about for my upset um, taking Georgia Tech, but 
didn't feel confident enough in that. So you might be right. I just, I'm not with you on that, but you might be right. Okay. I've changed my decision on this uh, lock three times in the last 10 seconds, but unlike you, I'm just going to get right to it. Give me Tennessee. Now, Tennessee wow. is, is uh, I have to take 28 points. That's four touchdowns. Uh, I usually don't like taking spreads that big. Um, but they're at home, and they got a lot to prove. New quarterback. This team thinks they, they're a playoff contender. P.S. They are not. But they think they are. And <laughs> week one, they'll still think that. So uh, Joe Milton coming out. I'm not a Joe Milton believer. I also have bet against, actually bet against this team winning nine and a half games. But this ain't one of their losses. And this is a high-powered offense that wants to score, that wants to feels it's important for them to be a, you know, top five scoring offense in the country. They won't lose an opportunity to put up points. Four touchdowns is a lot for a lock, but I'm sticking with them. You're going to pick the team going against UVA, their first game since – some stuff happened last year. Okay, okay, man. Oh, by the way, that game is not uh, at home for Tennessee. That game is in Tennessee, but it is in Nashville, Tennessee. So I get it. It's the same thing, but it is actually classified as a neutral site. It's a little different. A little different. I appreciate game, so. that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I was going to say, just as a reminder for folks, for the the locks, um, you know, the scoring that we have for, for these three picks – the way that it works for the lock is that if you get it right, that's one point. Great. If you get it wrong, you actually lose one point. So the lock is the only pick that we have in the pick six where you can actually lose a point. So it's the one that you should feel very confident in. It can be any spread, but if you don't cover, then it's going to be minus one point. Yeah, and I feel like putting my point here already and putting minus one for yours, but uh, I'm going <laughs> to wait, wait till the result. I, I I do kind of have instant buyer's remorse on it. And then when you added the neutral site game in, uh, yeah, I remember now it's in the um, Titan Stadium. Um, I'm not feeling as great about that. But look, uh, I, I stand by. I do. I stand with the Cavaliers of Virginia. Um, I hope they have a good season. It doesn't look like it's going to be that way. Um, but if they do have a good season, it won't be because they play well against Tennessee. It'll be because... They played well in the week Atlantic Coast Conference. Um, yeah, okay, shout, shout out to shout out to Wahoo Nation. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully, we have I have some friends who went to UVA. So hopefully, they are are listening and cursing at their um, their phones or their their car <laughs> receivers. Okay, uh, my turn again. Just yes, it is your turn for the toss up. Okay, uh, toss up. Any game that's basically, you know, close to call, we usually have three and a half points be our meter here so we have enough games to choose from. And this week, there are definitely a couple. Uh, I'm now pulling a huge installing a bit as I make a final pick. <sighs> I don't know why you said that. I've definitely been quick on the draw, but yeah. you know. Okay, so, so listen. You can say <laughs> okay, I'm I'm good. I'm good. Anyway, so I have a general rule where I don't like it when 
you avoid the big games. You know, if there's a big game in college football. We should be talking about it. We should be picking it. We should have something invested in that game. So I don't know about Justin, but I'm not going to run from it. Okay. I'm going to take a trip down to Florida, Orlando to be specific. <laughs> Speaking of neutral site games, the LSU Tigers play the Florida State Seminoles. This is a five versus eight matchup. Two teams who also believe that they are playoff contenders and actually think that both of them are this year LSU because they're pretty good and they play in the, and they don't have to play Georgia and Florida state because they play in the ACC. Give me Florida state. Um, give me Florida state. I'm taking them. They are a two and a half point underdog in this game in the state of Florida. Um, but I just, I'm going to pick it. In short, based off quarterback play, um, I think they have the better quarterback in this game, and I think that's enough. I think that's super important in a, in a game that should be decided by less than the field goal. Having the best quarterback, to me, is worth a lot. Florida State, my toss-up, my last pick of the pick six. Man, um, that was definitely my number one pick for toss-up. I was going to go FSU. Go LSU, buddy. You can you can fight me on it if you want to. I could, I could, I could. Um, but and that would be make for an interesting. They play Sunday night or Monday night. I think they play Monday night. No, they play Sunday night. You know, they play make Sunday. For, yeah, Duke and Clemson are on Monday night. Um, yeah, that would make for an interesting Sunday night there. Uh, ABC 730. Um, <laughs> I I feel like that's going to be a really good game. And in terms of shying away from the big games, <clears throat> I'm going to go with a different one. Mm-hmm. Uh, game day is actually going to be in this uh, town. In the town of Charlotte. Okay. Okay. ESPN's game day. Mm-hmm. Hey, UNC plays uh, USC. It's people, mm. not USC, not the, the real, Trojans, the real USC, the real USC, the, the Gamecocks. Yes. Um, I'm just mentioning it because it's a game that's being played there. I'm not saying that's gonna be my pick. <laughs> oh my gosh! I'm Remember who's who does who doesn't stall apparently. I'm shying away from. The, I'm just being dramatic. That's all. That's all. I'm shying away from okay. the big game. I'm gonna actually go down to uh, Texas with the game being played uh, in Houston, where we've got the UTSA Roadrunners favored by two points, and I'm taking UTSA. <clears throat> Why? Uh, I just think I think that uh, Houston is going to be a bad team this year. So I am trying to pick against some of these. And if if this is if this is what you would call a pick them, I know it's minus two. Uh, go ahead and give me UTSA to upset. Uh, not an upset by our standards, but to upset the uh, the Cougars. 
They're the favorite in that game. <laughs> UTSA is a two point favorite in that game, so it wouldn't be upset by anybody's standards. But yes, let me let me defend myself. Let me defend myself. I'm saying a group of five team beating a uh, power five opponent now that they are in the quote unquote quote unquote yeah. so first year That's first fair. year first game. So uh, okay. So, yes, an upset in the sense that Justin is saying it's an upset. He's got the uh, UTSA Roadrunners. All right, so just run reminder of my picks. I got my lock, Tennessee, minus 28. My toss-up is Florida State over um, LSU. And my upset for two points, give me Nebraska over Minnesota. Huge. I, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So here we go. Louisville. Seven and a half point lock over Georgia Tech. UTSA is my toss up pick over Houston. And my upset is Colorado State um, over Washington State. Uh, may the best uh, state school in that game win. And hopefully that's Colorado State. So if you're watching us on YouTube, you can see that the cumulative points total is 0 0. And there's a few. Uh, few pictures here that we have from uh, <laughs> some things from the off season, some things, some picks that people have recently made. Uh, we'll see if, uh, if those things are true. Uh, we also have a highlight from last year's game against Indiana. The, uh, the one foot inbound catch by Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, so hopefully, you know, if you're on the visual side and you're still watching this on YouTube, just to make a few, you, a few of you laugh there. Uh, as we have a sense of humor here on the BIA podcast. So um, that's it. It's game week. Uh, we hope that you all enjoy uh, this uh, these plethora of games. And uh, we will see you all next week uh, for a recap of this game and then looking forward to next next game. And um, if you all have any, you know, any ideas, maybe want to want to shoot over to what you want to hear, um, you know, leave, leave a comment, like a video. Uh, leave a five-star review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. Uh, leave a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts uh, or Spotify. And uh, we will see you all later. Phil. OH. I.O. Go Bucks.